ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so last time when we started Surah Al-Alaq and that is where we covered the opening section of it where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says اِقْرَأْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ اِقْرَأْ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمْ الَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمْ عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمْ Read in the name of your Lord who has created all of that which exists. He has created man from a clot of blood. Read and your Lord is the most generous who has taught the writing by the pen, he has taught man that which he knew not. That section we covered last time, and we spoke about the beginning of the revelation, how the Prophet Muhammad used to go to the cave of Hira, and as we read from Al-Bukhari last time, in the hadith it mentioned, كَانَ يَتَحَنَّثُ Meaning that he used to stay there, يَتَعَبَّدُ الْلَيَالِ وَالْأَيَّامِ That the Prophet ﷺ would go and spend days and nights in the cave. In the books of Sirah it mentions he used to pack his food and drink and take it and go spend days and nights in the cave, pondering over and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, until that occasion when Jibreel alayhi salam came to him and said, or narrated this to him, اقرأ. <coughs> and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا أَنَا بِقَارِئِ That I am illiterate. I am not somebody who is good at reading until eventually after three occasions he then, Jibreel then narrated to him the other ayat and then after that the Prophet ﷺ returned back to Khadija radiallahu anha and informed her of what had happened and he was shaking from fear and then Khadija radiallahu anha took him to her cousin Waraqah ibn Nawfal. And that was the story we covered last time from Sahih al-Bukhari. Now we get to the next section then. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kalla inna al-insana layatawa. أَرَّآهُ اسْتَغْنَى 
inna ila rabbika ruja'a that nay verily man does transgress in disbelief and evil deed because he considers himself self-sufficient surely unto your Lord is the return so here we have kalla innal insana layata the word kalla is often translated as nay as it mentions here nay verily man does transgress as sheikh al-thaymin mentions kalla في القرآن الكريم ترد على عدة معاني This word كلا It comes in the Quran for multiple meanings With different meanings منها أن تكون بمعنى حقا كما في هذه الآية فكلا بمعنى حقا يعني أن الله تعالى يثبت هذا إثباتا لا مرية فيه One of the meanings of كلا is as we may say in English truly So كلا إن الإنسان نعم كلا إن الإنسان ليطغى truly that certainly man does transgress so one of the meanings of kalla is haqqan that in truth in reality it is something correct unknown that mankind indeed transgresses so that is one of the meanings of kalla and this comes in the Quran in different ayat with different meanings in different places but that is one of them and that is the meaning here in this ayah kalla innal insana layatagha meaning haqqan innal insana layatagha truly mankind transgresses <coughs> And then Allah highlights one of the reasons why mankind transgresses. And that is because أَرَّآهُ اسْتَغْنَى Because he considers himself to be self-sufficient. He thinks he can suffice himself and doesn't need anyone else. أَرَّآهُ اسْتَغْنَى الْإِنسَانِ هُنَا لَيْسَ شَخْصًا مُعَيَّنًا بَلِ الْمُرَادَ الْجِنْسِ كُلُّ إِنسَانٍ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمِ إِذَا رَأَى نَفْسَهُ اسْتَغْنَى فَإِنَّهُ يَطْغَى So when it says كَلَّا إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى Al-insan doesn't mean one specific person. It is in reference to mankind generally. 
that mankind generally, the sons of Adam generally, if any one of them sees himself to be self-sufficient, he thinks he's got everything he needs, not in need of anyone else, self-sufficient, then that is when they begin to transgress the bounds. إِذَا رَأَ نَفْسَهُ اسْتَغْنَى فَإِنَّهُ يَطْغَى يَطْغَى مِنَ الطُّغْيَانِ وَهُوَ مُجَاوَزَةُ الْحَدِّ إِذَا رَأَ أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى عَنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ طَغَى وَلَمْ يُبَالِهِ So يَطْغَى from the root of طُغْيَان is transgression beyond the bounds or the limits of something. Anytime you go beyond the bounds or the limits of something, then that is at-tughyan, that is the transgression. So here it is, tughyan, mujawazatul had, going beyond the limits and the boundaries. And so if a person thinks that he has so much power and ability now and He thinks he can suffice without the mercy of Allah. That he can do without the mercy of Allah. He can make do, he's okay. If that's what he thinks, then he doesn't care and he transgresses of course. وَإِذَا رَأَ أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى عَنِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِي كَشْفِ الْكُرُبَاتِ وَحُصُولِ الْمَطْلُوبَاتِ صَارَ لَا يَلْتَفِتُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَلَا يُبَالِ And if a person thinks that he can sort himself out when calamities occur, when difficulties and hardships occur, he thinks he's okay, he can sort himself out. He doesn't need the aid and assistance of Allah. And when he desires something, he thinks he can get it for himself. He can achieve things himself. Then in that kind of circumstance, a person with that kind of mentality will clearly no longer turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thinks he can sort himself out when difficulties happen. He thinks he can get the goodness that he desires without any aid or assistance from Allah. So that type of person will think that he is self-sufficient and therefore transgress against the boundaries of Allah. Similarly, إِذَا رَأَى أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى بِالصُّحَّةِ نَسِيَ الْمَرَضِ When a person is in good health, and you are generally in good health, then you think you have become self-sufficient again, and that illness will not affect you, A person becomes confident in his good health and his age and his fitness. And he thinks no illness is going to harm him. Again, he starts to become self-sufficient upon his health and strength. And then transgresses once again. وَإِذَا رَأَى أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى بِالشَّبْعِ نَسِيَ الْجُوعِ And if a person has plenty to eat and drink, Plenty to eat and drink and that is not a problem for him. Then once again, he will feel that he is self-sufficient and hunger will never be a problem. 
And so again that feeling of self-sufficiency causes him to transgress. وَإِذَا رَأَى أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى بِالْكِسْوَةِ نَسِيَ الْعَرِي And if he has plenty of clothes to clothe himself with, then he forgets about the situation of nakedness. He forgets about poverty. وَهَكَذَا فَالْإِنسَانُ مِنْ طَبِيعَتِهِ الطُّغْيَانِ وَالتَّمَرُّدِ مَتَرَأَ نَفْسَهُ فِي غِنَى <coughs> and so this is from the nature of mankind. Whenever he sees himself as in self-sufficiency, thinks he's not in need of anyone else, thinks himself to be upon self-sufficiency, then it is from the nature of mankind that they begin to transgress. And they begin to rebel against the boundaries of Allah. وَلَكِنْ هَذَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمُؤْمِنِ لِأَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ لَا يَرَى أَنَّهُ اسْتَغْنَى عَنِ اللَّهِ طَرْفَةَ عَيْنِ But the believer is excluded from this type of characteristic. Because the believer does not ever think that he is self-sufficient from Allah. A believer never thinks he is self-sufficient from Allah, not even the blink of an eye. فَهُوَ دَائِمٌ مُفْتَقِرٌ إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يَسْأَلُ رَبَّهُ كُلَّ حَاجَةٌ وَيَلْجَأُ إِلَيْهِ عِنْدَ كُلِّ مَكْرُوهٌ وَيَرَى أَنَّهُ إِنْ وَكَّلَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَى نَفْسِهِ وَوَكَّلَهُ إِلَى ضَعْفٍ وَعَجْزٍ وَعَوْرَةٍ And a person who is a believer is always in recognition of his poverty before his Lord. And he is constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his needs. And constantly returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in seeking aid and refuge from the difficulties and hardships. And he knows, the believer knows, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left you to your own devices, even for a moment, if Allah left you to your own devices, to yourself, then certainly you have been left in weakness and inability and exposure. You would never be able to suffice yourself without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَأَنَّهُ لَا يَمْلِكُ لِنَفْسِهِ نَفْعًا وَلَا ضَرًّا A believer recognizes that he does not control for himself any good or harm. Rather all of that is by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the characteristics of a believer. لَكِنِ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ حَيْثُ هُوَ إِنسَانِ مِنْ طَبِيعَتِهِ الطُّغْيَانِ But mankind, from their general nature, from the general nature of mankind, is that there is an element of transgression within the souls. There is an element of that transgression inherently within the souls of mankind. Uh, And so, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds... (coughs) 
reminds us thereafter, after saying, truly man does transgress because he thinks himself to be self-sufficient. But then Allah tells us, inna ila rabbika ruja'a, surely you will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أي المرجع يعني مهما طغيت وعلوت واستكبرت واستغنيت فإن مرجعك إلى الله عز وجل that no matter no matter how much you transgress and how much you elevate yourself in arrogance and self-sufficiency in the end your return will be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your return in the end will be to none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is mentioned in the ayat of the Qur'an as well, where it says, إِنَّ إِلَيْنَا إِيَابَهُمْ ثُمَّ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا حِسَابَهُمْ That indeed to us will be their return. To us will be their return, and upon us will be their accountability. Meaning to Allah will be the return, and it is Allah who will hold the accountability of every person in the end. وَإِذَا كَانَ الْمَرْجِعُ إِلَى اللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُمْكِنُ لِأَحَدٍ أَنْ يَفِرَّ مِنْ قَضَاءِ اللَّهِ أَبَدًا And so if the return will be to Allah in all affairs, then it is not possible for anyone to flee from the decree of Allah. Neither from that recompense and reward of Allah and His justice. And that is why Allah said here, that indeed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your return. Here a shaykh al-Ithameen, he says, رُبَّمَا نَقُولْ إِنَّهُ أَعَمْ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ وَالتَّهْدِيدِ يعني أنه يشمل الوعيد والتهديد ويشمل ما هو أعم فيكون المعنى أن إلى الله المرجع في كل شيء في الأمور شرعية التحاكم إلى إلى الكتاب والسنة. So when here it says indeed to Allah is the return, it could be said that this is more general than a threat or a warning. There is a threat and a warning in that to Allah is the return. But it could be a more general understanding to Allah is the return in terms of saying that all of our affairs, all of our lives, what we do, it returns back to Allah in terms of the sharia, that everything we do has to return back to the Qur'an and the sunnah. Everything we do has to be done upon that method. And so any judgment we make must be made upon the Qur'an and the sunnah. As it says, فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ That if you dispute over an affair, you differ over an affair, then return it back to Allah and the Messenger. 
والأمور الكونية المرجع فيها إلى الله and the affairs of this world the affairs of this world all of those return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also as Allah mentioned إِذْ تَسْتَغِيثُونَ رَبَّكُمْ فَاسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ that when you seek that help from your Lord then he replies and responds to you he responded to you فَلَا رُجُوعَ لِلْعَبْدِ إِلَّا إِلَى اللَّهِ كُلُّ الْأُمُورِ تَرْجِعُ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ So all of the affairs, they return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He does as He wills. حَتَّى مَا يَحْصُلُ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ مِنَ الْحُرُوبِ وَالْفِتْنِ وَالشُرُورِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الَّذِي قَدَّرَهَا Even all of the wars and the trials and tribulations and evils that occur between people. And that is of course all decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَكِنَّهُ قَدَّرَهَا لِحِكْمَةِ But of course all of these events that Allah decrees from the wars and the trials and tribulations all of those are decreed by Allah upon wisdom. <coughs> Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا قَتَتَلَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَلَكِنْ اِخْتَلَفُوا فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ آمَنَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ كَفَرُ وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا قَتَتَلُوا وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُ مَا يُرِيدُ That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed, then they would not have fought. Those who came after them, after the clarification came to them. However, they differed and disputed. So from amongst them, there were those who believed. And there were those amongst them who disbelieved. And if Allah willed, they would not have fought. But Allah does as He wishes. Allah does as He wills. And all of that is upon wisdom. So, إِنَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ الرُّجْعَىٰ يكون فيها تهديد لهذا الإنسان الذي طغى حين رأى نفسه مستغنيا عن ربه وفيها أيضا ما هو أشمل وأعم وهو أن المرجع إلى الله تعالى في كل الأمور So إن إلى ربك رجعا Surely unto your Lord is the return Two meanings to that then One is a warning to those who are transgressing so those who are transgressing because they think they are self-sufficient, a warning to them, you will return back to Allah. And secondly, a more general meaning, that all of the affairs, they return back to Allah. Everything that occurs is by the decree of Allah. Then after that, have you, O oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, seen him? Yani Abu Jahl, who prevents a slave, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he prays, have you seen, O oh Muhammad, the one who prevents a servant from praying? Yani, akhbirni an hal hadha rajul. This ayah, it is to highlight 
to say as a rebuke, tell me about the condition of a person who has such evil in him that he prevents a servant of Allah from praying. Tell me about the state of that type of person who does that, prevents a slave of Allah from praying. وَتَعَجَّبْ مِنْ حَالِ هَذَا الرَّجُلِ الَّذِي يَنْهَى عَبْدًا إِذَا And be amazed at the state of such a person who prevents a believer from praying. فَفِي الْآيَةِ نَاهٍ وَمَنْهِ فَالنَّاهِ هُوَ طَاغِيَةِ طَاغِيَةُ قُرَيْشِ أَبُو جَهْلٍ So what is intended by this ayah is Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl, the one who used to attempt to prevent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from praying. Here, Ashaykh al-Ithameen calls him the taghiyatu Quraysh. The transgressor, the transgressor from Quraysh. The transgressor, he transgressed the bounds into his disbelief and kufr and harm upon the Muslims. And كَانَ يُلَقَّبْ فِي قُرَيْشِ أَبَا الْحَكَمِ Abu Jahl used to be known as Abu Al-Hakam. And that is because لِأَنَّهُمْ يَتَحَاكَمُونَ إِلَيْهِ وَيَرْجِعُونَ إِلَيْهِ فَاغْتَرَّ بِنَفْسِهِ And so that is because in Jahiliya, in those times beforehand and at the time of the Messenger, they used to go back to Abu Jahl. They used to go back to him and return back to him like a judge. He would judge between the affairs of the people. So he was put on that podium, on that status, that the people would return back to him and he would make the judgments. And so he became deceived with himself, with the status that people had given him. He became deceived by himself. And so... He rejected Islam thinking himself to be superior and he died upon disbelief as is well known. They used to call him Abu al-Hakm, the one who judges. Yet the Prophet called him Abu Jahl, the one who is ignorant, in complete opposition to what they used to call him and the status he viewed for himself. So the ayah says, have you seen the one who prevents a slave from praying? The one who was preventing was... Abu Jahl, the one who he was trying to prevent was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abadan idha salla, Abu Jahl, qila lahu, inna Muhammadan yusalli inda al-Ka'ba amam al-Nas. It is mentioned that people went to Abu Jahl and they said to him that Muhammad is praying publicly in front of the Ka'ba, in front of everybody. And this is causing confusion for people. It's causing a fitna for the people, uh, meaning that the people are starting to become convinced by him. 
They are seeing him pray, standing before the Kaaba, and it's causing a fitna to our people. They are becoming convinced by him and what they see of his worship and submission to Allah. فَمَرَّ بِهِ ذَاتَ يَوْمُ وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ فَنَهَى النَّبِيُّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ وَقَالَ لَقَدْ نَهَيْتُكَ فَلِمَاذَا تَفْعَلْ فَانْتَهَرَهُ النَّبِيُّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ فَرَجَعَ ثُمَّ قِيلَ لِأَبِي جَهَلْ إِنَّهُ أي مُحَمَّدًا صلى الله عليه وسلم ما زال يصلي فقال والله لئن رأيته لأطأن عنقه بقدمي وبقدمي So it's mentioned that they went to Abu Jahl and they said Muhammad is praying publicly in front of the Kaaba and our people are becoming confused and convinced by his religion. So then Abu Jahl, it's mentioned on one occasion was walking past when the Prophet ﷺ was in prostration before the Kaaba. Abu Jahl was walking past and so Abu Jahl says to him, I have prohibited you from this, so why are you still doing this? I have prohibited you from this. And at that time, the Muslims had no authority in Mecca. I have prohibited you from this. Why are you doing this? But then it's mentioned afterwards, the Prophet ﷺ went again, carried on, prayed. So they went to Abu Jahl and said, he's carrying on, he's praying again. So then Abu Jahl said, by Allah, if I see him again, I will put my foot onto his neck. That he's praying in prostration, I will put my foot onto his neck. And I will throw dirt. I will throw dirt into his face. So one occasion, Abu Jahl saw the Prophet praying in prostration. So now he intended to go and do what he had promised he was going to do. He had taken an oath upon it. He had taken an oath upon it. If I see him in prostration again, I'm going to go step on his neck, throw dirt in his face. He had taken an oath upon it. So on one occasion, he saw the Prophet ﷺ praying, and so he wanted to go and fulfill his oath. <coughs> وَلَمَّا أَقْبَلَ عَلَيْهِ وَجَدَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ خَنْدَقًا مِنَ النَّارِ وَأَهْوَالًا عَظِيمًا فَنَكَاصَ عَلَى عَقِبَيْهِ وَعَجَزَ أَنْ يَصِلَ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم This is in Sahih Muslim. That when Abu Jahl then began to approach the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to do what he said he was going to do, then as he approached the area in front of him, the area in front of him as he was walking and the messenger was up ahead at the Kaaba, the area in front of him became like a pit. It became like a pit and a fire and other frightening affairs. A fire and other terrifying visions that he saw within that. And as a consequence, he turned back turned back and fled and he was unable to proceed to the Prophet ﷺ. And that narration is in Sahih Muslim. 
أخرجه مسلم كتاب صفات المنافقين باب قوله إن الإنسان لا يطغى الرأه صغنا إن صحيح مسلم in the book of the characteristics of the hypocrites in the chapter of this ayah إن الإنسان لا يطغى he mentions that story of what Abu Jahl attempted to do but then the ground became like a fire and terrible affairs and he turned around and fled and was unable to get to the Prophet sallallahu <laughs> An affair of amazement. How is Abu Jahl going and doing this? Attempting to stop the Prophet ﷺ from praying. And that's why at the end of the uh, chapter it mentions, Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara. Does he not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything? Wa annahu sayujazih. And that Allah will then recompense him upon what he is doing. And so then it mentions, أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْهُدَى أَوَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى Have you seen, tell me if he, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is upon guidance, أَوْ أَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى or enjoins piety. So here now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَرَأَيْتَ meaning in this case, inform me. Do you see? Tell me what you know. Inform me. أخبرني أيها المخاطب إن كان هذا الساجد محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم على الهدى فكيف تنهاه عنه This is in a way it is addressing Abu Jahl that you do you see the one you are prohibiting tell me if he is upon guidance or not and certainly he is upon guidance Tell me if he is upon guidance or not. And if he is upon guidance, then how are you preventing him? How and why are you preventing him if he is certainly upon guidance? Or amara taqwa Or is he not commanding to be upon piety and joining piety? Certainly he is. Then how are you preventing him and prohibiting him from the prayer? أو أمر بالتقوى قال بعض المفسرين أو هنا بمعنى الواو يعني وأمر بالتقوى Some of the scholars they said that أو means وا That's possible in Arabic language That the أو means وا in this ayah So it's as though to say The one who is upon guidance and enjoins the good uh, The تقوى, the piety ولكن الصحيح أنها على بابها للتنويع. But the other scholars they said no, the O is upon its default. The O upon its default meaning means or for variation of something, for variety or X, Y, and Z. يعني أرأيت إن كان على الهدى فيما فعل من السجود والصلاة أو أمر غيره بالتقوى Meaning then, tell me about the one Is he not upon guidance when he prostrates and he's in the prayer Or when he enjoins the piety upon others لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأمر بالتقوى بلا شك فهو صالح بنفسه مصلح لغيره 
Because the messenger, no doubt, used to enjoin taqwa upon the people. So he was righteous in and of himself, and he enjoined the righteousness upon others. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى And then Allah mentions, does he not know that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything he's doing? يَعْنِي يَرَى الْمَنْهِي وَهُوَ سَاجِدْ مُحَمَّدًا صلى الله عليه وسلم الْآمِرُ بِالتَّقْوَى الْآمِرَ بِالتَّقْوَى وَيَرَى هَذَا الْعَبْدَ الطَّاغِيَةَ الَّذِي يَنْهَى عَبْدًا إِذَا صَلَّى Meaning Allah sees everything. Sees Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who is in prostration and who enjoins the piety and sees this Abu Jahl attempting to prohibit and prevent the messenger from praying. Does he not know Abu Jahl? Does he not know that Allah sees everything and will recompense every person upon what they do? يَرَى سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى عِلْمًا وَرُؤْيَةً Allah knows everything in His knowledge and seeing it all. فَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ يَرَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ مَهْمَا خَفْيَ وَدَقٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything no matter how minute and concealed it may be. وَيَعْلَمْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ مَهْمَا بَعْدٍ and Allah knows everything no matter how distant it may be. وَمَهْمَا كَثُرَ أَوْقَلْ No matter how much of that affair it may be or how little of that affair it may be. فَيَعْلَمُ الْآمِرَ وَالنَّاهِيَةِ So Allah knows here who the one is commanding the goodness and enjoining the goodness and who the one is prohibiting him from that. وَيَعْلَمُ الْمُصَلِّيَ وَالسَّاجِدْ وَيَعْلَمُ أَنْطَغَى وَمَنْ خَضَعَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَسَيُجَازِ كُلَّ إِنسَانٍ بِعَمَلِهِ And Allah knows who is the one praying and in prostration and who is the one transgressing against him and who is the one in submission and Allah will recompense them all upon their own deeds. The believers upon their worship, the disbelievers upon their evil and prohibition against the believers. وَالْمَقْصُودُ مِنْ هَذَا تَهْدِيدُ الَّذِي يَنْهَى عَبْدًا إِذَا صَلَّى وَبَيَانْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَعْلَمُ بِحَالِهِ وَحَالَ مَنْ يَنْهَاهُ وَسَيُجَازِ كُلًّا مِنْهُمَا بِمَا يَسْتَحِقُ So the point here is a threat, an admonition, a warning that Allah is all aware of what you do and so for those who prohibit others from the prayer then Allah is aware of your state and you will be recompensed accordingly to that. فَهَذَا تَهْدِيدٌ لِهَذَا الرَّجُلِ الَّذِي كَانَ يَنْهَى رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ يعني أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَرَاهُ وَيَعْلَمُهُ Meaning this is a warning against that man Abu Jahl who was prohibiting the Prophet ﷺ from the prayer. It is a warning to him that Allah sees what he does and is aware of what he does. وَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ مُحِيطٌ بِعَمَلِهِ And Allah encompasses all of his actions and what he's doing. فَيُجَازِيهِ عَلَيْهِ إِمَّا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَإِمَّا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And so then Allah will recompense that individual upon his evil either in this world or in this world and the afterlife on top. Then Allah mentions... 
After that, kalla la illam yantahi la nasfa'am bin nasiyah. Nay, if he, Abu Jahl, does not stop, we will take him by the forelock. Nasiyatin kathibatin khati'ah. A lying, sinful forelock. فَلْيَدْعُ نَادِيَهُ Then let him call upon his helpers. سَنَدْعُ الزَّبَانِيَهُ We will call out the gods of hell to deal with him. كَلَّا لَا تُطِعْهُ وَاسْجُدُ وَقَتَرِبُ Nay, O Muhammad, do not obey him. Rather prostrate and draw near to Allah. So then in this section, كَلَّا لَإِلَّمْ يَنْتَهِ That if he does not stop, again, kalla here meaning haqqan. That truly, if he does not stop, then certainly we will take him by the forelock. We will take him by the forelock. The forelock, typically in reference to the the head of the hair at the front, that he will be taken, grasped. فَكَلَّا هُنَا بِمَعْنَا حَقًّا وَإِحْتَمِلًا تَكُونَ لِلْرَدَعْ أي لِرَدْعِهِ عَنْ فِعْلِهِ السَّيِّئِ الَّذِي كَانَ يَقُومُ بِهِ تُجَاهِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أو بمعنى حَقًّا So it could mean كَلَّا حَقًّا or it could have the meaning as a type of rebuke like the nay a type of rebuke or the meaning of حَقًّا again So لِنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاصِيَةِ so we will then take him by the forelock, and this is a, an oath. This is a jawab. لِقَصَمٍ مُقَدَّرٍ وَالتَّقْدِيرٍ وَاللَّهِ لَإِن لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاصِيَةِ That by Allah, if he does not stop preventing Muhammad from praying, then we will certainly take him by the forelock. So, لَنَسْفَعًا أَيْ لَنَأْخُذَنَّ بِشِدَّةِ We will grasp him. We'll take him with strength. النَّاصِيَةِ مُقَدَّمَ الرَّأْسِ The front of the head, the forelock, the front of the hair of the head. We will grasp him by that. وَأَلْ فِيهَا أَيْ فِي النَّاصِيَةِ لِلْأَحْدِ الذِّهْنِ وَالْمُرَادُ بِالنَّاصِيَةِ هُنَا نَاصِيَةِ أَبِي جَهْلِ so we will take that person by the forelock. It is in reference to Abu Jahl. The forelock of Abu Jahl. We will take him certainly, grab him from that and punish him. فَالْمُرَادُ بِهِ نَاصِيَةْ أَبِي جَهْلِ أَلَّذِي تَوَعَدَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ عَلَى صَلَاتِهِ وَنَهَاهُ عَنْهَا So the intent here is Abu Jahl who was prohibiting the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وَهَلِ الْمُرَادِ الْأَخْذِ بِالنَّاصِيَةِ فِي الدُّنْيَا أَوْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ يُجَرُّ بِنَاصِيَتِهِ إِلَى النَّارِ And what is the intent exactly? Will Abu Jahl be taken by his forelock in this world? Or is the meaning that on the day of judgment he will be taken by the forelock and dragged to the hellfire? يَحْتَمِلْ هَذَا وَهَذَا It's possible both meanings are accurate. وَاحْتَمِلْ أَنْ يُؤْخَذَ بِالنَّاصِيَةِ وَقَدْ أُخِذَ بِنَاصِيَتِهِ فِي يَوْمِ بَدْرِ حِينَ قُتِلَ مَعَ مَنْ قُتِلَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ In this world, it did occur. 
When he was killed in the battle of Badr, he was taken by the forelock. He was physically taken by the forelock when he was killed in the battle of Badr. So it occurred in this world. But it's also possible that it may occur in the afterlife. He is taken by the forelock as well and dragged and thrown into the fire. And then he mentions, A description that it is a lying, sinful forelock. <coughs> a lying, sinful forelock. Nasiyah badal min al-nasiyah al-ula wa hiya badal nakira min ma'rifah. Wa hiya jaiza fi lugat al-arabiyah. Wa inna maqal nasiyah min ajli an yakuna thalika tawtiatan lil-wasf al-ati ba'daha. Wa huwa qawluh kathibah khatiah. Kathibah. So these are the descriptions of the forelock of Abu Jahl. كَاذِبَةٌ أَيْ أَنَّهَا مَوْصُوفَةٌ بِالْكَذِبِ وَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّ مِنْ أَكْبَرِ مَا يَكُونُ كَذِبًا مَا يَحْصُلُ مِنَ الْكُفَارِ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ أَوْ يَدْعُونَ أَنَّ مَعَ اللَّهِ أَوْ يَدْعُونَ أَنَّ مَعَ اللَّهِ آلِهَةً أُخْرَى فَإِنَّ هَذَا أَكْذَبَ الْقَوْلِ وَأَقْبَحَ الْفِعْلِ So his forelock, the description is given of a lying forelock, and that is in reference to him and the kuffar as a whole. That they are upon lies, they are liars, and the greatest of their lies is claiming other deities alongside Allah. And they are all false deities, none of them deserving to be worshipped. خَاطِئَةٌ أَيْ مُرْتَكِبَ لِلْخَطَأَ عَمْدًا Mistaken, sinful, because they are upon sin purposely. They are incurring sin intentionally وَلِيَعْلَمَ أَنَّ هُنَاكَ فَرْقًا أو وَلِيَعْلَمَ أَنَّ هُنَاكَ فَرْقًا بَيْنَ خَاطِئٍ وَمُخْطِئٍ Then this goes into some of the Arabic grammar but the shaykh highlights that they are being termed as the lying sinful forelock liars the kuffar who deny the oneness of Allah and associate partners sinful because on purpose they are upon that on purpose because they know the Truth and they've heard that truth and the revelation came yet they deny it and they go to the falsehood. So then Allah mentions, Then let him call his helpers. The lam here is for a like a challenge. Then let him bring his helpers. Let him bring his helpers. وَعِنْدَهُ قُدْرَةٌ فَلْيَدْعُ نَادِيَةٌ وَالنَّادِي هُوَ مُجْتَمِعٌ هُوَ مُجْتَمِعُ الْقَوْمِ لِلتَّحَدُّثِ بَيْنَهُمْ وَالتَّخَاطُبِ وَالتَّفَاهُمِ وَالِاسْتِئْنَاسِ بَعْضُهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ وَكَانَ أَبُو جَهْلٍ مُعَظَّمًا فِي قُرَيْشٍ وَلَهُ نَادٍ يَجْتَمِعُ النَّاسُ إِلَيْهِ فِيهِ وَيَتَكَلَّمُونَ فِي شُؤُونِهِمْ فِي شُؤُونِهِمْ فَهُنَا يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ إِنْ كَانَ صَادِقًا فَلْيَدْعُ نَادِيَةً وَهَذَا لَا شَكَّ أَنَّهُ تَحَدِّي كَمَا تَقُولُ نعم. So it is mentioned, then let him call his people. And Abu Jahl in this world was a, a, a great man in the eyes of the Quraysh. And he used to have a large council of people. A large council of people that would come and sit with him and his meetings and his gatherings. A large amount of people. So this is like a challenge to him. If you are truthful, 
in preventing the messenger and all of what you say, then bring your council of people, bring all your gathering. And that is a form of challenge to him. Because then Allah says that we will indeed call the gods of hellfire to deal with him. The gods of hellfire to deal with him. يعني عندنا من هم أعظم من نادي هذا الرجل وهم الزبانية ملائكة النار that we have the, the as he has his counsel we have those who are superior to them we have those who are greater than what he had we have the angels who guard over the hellfire وَقَدْ وَصَفَ اللَّهُ مَلَائِكَةَ النَّارِ بِأَنَّهُمْ غِلَاظٌ شِدَادٌ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the guardians of the hellfire as severe and stern. Severe and stern. شداد فِي الْقُوَّةِ That they are strong in their power. لَا يَعْصُونَ اللَّهَ مَا أَمَرَهُمْ وَيَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ They do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what he commands them with. And they do exactly as they are commanded. لا يعجزون عن ذلك فوصفهم بوصفين أنهم في تمام الانقياد لله عز وجل لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم وأنهم في تمام القدرة ويفعلون ما يؤمرون. Allah سبحانه وتعالى described the angels with two things here. One that they are upon a perfection, complete submission to Allah. They do not disobey Allah in anything He commands them. And the second description that they are upon complete ability. Because they do exactly as they are commanded. So they are upon complete submission to Allah. And they do exactly as they are commanded. وَعَدَمُ تَنْفِيذِ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ إِمَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ لِلْعَجْزِ وَإِمَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ لِلْمَعْصِيَةِ And when the commandment of Allah is not fulfilled, it will be one of two reasons. Either because you are incapable, or if you are capable, but because you are purposely sinning. Either you do not fulfill a commandment because you are incapable, or because you are capable but sinning purposely. The angels do neither. They are capable and they fulfill all of the commandments of Allah in submission to Him. فَمَثَلًا الَّذِي لَا يُصَلِّ الْفَرْضِ قَائِمًا قَدْ يَكُونُ لِلْعَجْزِ وَقَدْ يَكُونُ لِلْعِنَاتِ فَهُوَ لَا So a person who doesn't pray standing up, it could either be because he's incapable or it could be because he's simply not following the commandment and the ruling of how he's supposed to pray on purpose. لكن الملائكة الذين على النار ليس عندهم عجز بل عندهم قوة وقدرة وليس عندهم استكبار عن الأمر بل عندهم تمام التذلل والخضوع هؤلاء الزبانية لا يمكن لهذا وقومه وناديه أن يقابلوهم أبدا so those are the powerful, strong, submissive angels upon ability who obey all of the commands of Allah, severe and stern. The gathering of Abu Jahl, his people, his council, 
let them bring him or let him bring them, they will not be able to stand up against the angels whatsoever. They will have no authority or ability against the angels whatsoever. So, Sanad al-Zabaniyah, so we will call upon the gatekeepers of hell. Then at the end, Allah says, كَلَّا لَا تُطِعْهُ وَاسْجُدُ وَقَتَرِبُ Nay, O Muhammad, do not obey him. Meaning Abu Jahl commanding you not to prostrate, do not obey him. Rather fall in prostration and draw near to Allah. So, يُقَالُ فِي كَلَّا مَا قِيلَ فِي الْأُولَى so the same meaning regarding kalla haqqan that truly O Muhammad in reality in truth what is to be done is that you do not obey him rather fall in prostration before your Lord la tuti'u ay la tuti' hadha alladhi yanhaka an as-salah bal isjud wa la tubali bihi وَإِذَا كَانَ اللَّهُ نَهَى نَبِيَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنْ يُطِيعَ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ فَهَذَا يَعْنِي أَنَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى سَيُدَافِعُ عَنْهُ يَعْنِي يَفْعَلْ مَا تُؤْمَرْ وَلَا يَهْمِنْ يَهْمِنَّكَ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ يَهْمِنَّكَ Okay, yes. So then it mentions here that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to obey him, to obey Allah, and not to obey that other man, then in that case, it is because you obey Allah, prostrate to him, and do not care about what he commands you with, or prohibits you from, meaning Abu Jahl. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited his prophet from obeying Abu Jahl, إِذَا كَانَ اللَّهُ نَعَى نَبِيَّهُ صَلَّعِ if Allah commanded the messenger to, pro, uh, to uh, not obey Abu Jahl, to go against him, This means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will certainly defend the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam against Abu Jahl. If do as you've been commanded, and this man is of no importance to you, don't be worried about him. Don't be concerned with him. وَاسْجُدْ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ Prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْمُرَادُ بِالسُّجُودُ هُنَا الصَّلَةِ And the meaning of course here is the prayer. Do your prayer. لَكِنْ عَبَّرَ بِالسُّجُودِ عَنِ الصَّلَةِ لِأَنَّ السُّجُودَ رُكْنٌ فِي الصَّلَةِ لَا تَصِحُّ إِلَّا بِهِ فَلِهَذَا عَبَّرَ بِهِ عَنْهَا So even though it mentions and prostrate, doesn't just mean prostrate by itself. It means, O oh Messenger, perform your prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the prostration is one aspect of the prayer and the prayer is invalid without it. So that prostration is in reference to the whole performance of the prayer. وَاقْتَرِبْ اَيْقْتَرِبْ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ لِأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَمَا قَالَ ذَلِكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث قال أقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه وهو ساجد. So seek closeness to Allah, just like it mentions in the Hadith, the closest a person is to his Lord is when he is in prostration. <coughs> وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام ألا وإني نهيت أن أقرأ القرآن راكعا أو ساجدا. 
فأما الركوع فعظموا فيه الرب وأما السجود فأكثروا فيه من الدعاء فقمن أن يستجاب لكم أي حري أن يستجاب لكم In another narration the messenger said I have been prohibited to recite the Quran in the ruku' or in the prostration As for the ruku' then magnify your Lord When you say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim And as for the prostration then make dua within it For it is very likely that your dua will be answered in the prostration So then he says at the end هذه الصورة العلق صورة عظيمة ابتدأها الله تعالى بما من به على رسوله عليه الصلاة والسلام من الوحي ثم اختتمها بالسجود والاقتراب من الله عز وجل So this is a tremendous chapter you see that at the beginning of it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the great blessing that he gave the messenger in terms of the beginning of the revelation And then at the end of the chapter, it is in reference to being upon obedience and submission and worship to Allah and seeking closeness to Him via the prayer and the acts of worship. That is where this chapter concludes. The Shaykh makes dua at the end. Nas'alullah ta'ala an yarzuqana al-qiyama bi ta'atihi wal-qurbi min. But we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow us with uh, establishing His worship and seeking closeness to Him. وَنِجْعَلَنَا مِنْ أَوْلِيَائِهِ الْمُتَّقِينَ And that he makes us from his uh, pious awliya, meaning the righteous believers and the righteous servants, the pious servants, uh, close to Allah. وَحِزْبِهِ الْمُفْلِحِينَ And from his successful party. وَعِبَادِهِ الصَّالِحِينَ And from his righteous servants. إِنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all capable of all affairs. And that brings us to the end of that particular chapter. Inshallah ta'ala. From the next time we'll begin Surah At-Teen. Wat-Teen yuwaz-Zaytoon. That is what we'll begin with from next week. Inshallah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that for today. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.